Trading Nut, episode 133. Just know that your attachment to a certain result, attachment to money usually, and to being right and winning, that's your number one cause of failure. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we've got Sammy Abusad here on the show. Now Sammy is a stock and crypto trader. He's from the T3 Live. If that sounds familiar to you, it's because I had his colleague on, Scott Redler, a while back who is one of the CNBC pundits. So if, you, if you've heard of that name Scott Redler, that's probably where you've heard about him from CNBC. So um, he's Scott's colleague and uh, we got a bit of a rare kind of interview. It's other than the fact that it's absolute gold, and there's one or two things I took away personally from this myself, uh, and you hear about that in the show. But uh, Sammy also shows us his E-Trade account, his live E-Trade account, the actual wins and losses, and you'll see that he's made quite a bit of money in there, almost a million dollars this year, and we're only seven months in. Um, so we also shot a simple trading strategy video where Sammy talks you through a strategy he uses on the stock markets. So if you do want to pick up a stock trading strategy today, then check out the video we shot after the interview. Really, really worthwhile checking out. If you do want to pick up a simple Forex trading strategy, then what I'm doing for my guys on the Robot Builders Club is I'm automating part of Kieran Davis's uh, uh strategy that he taught us on his recent video. So if you don't know what that is, go and check out that video. It was around market manipulation and how the banks get in. What I'm doing is I'm automating some of what he talked about and putting it into a trading robot, which is what I teach in my Robot Builders Club. Um, so if you do want to get hold of that, you're going to have to join. Now what I have changed here is uh, other than the fact that the doors will be closing soon, I have opened up a payment plan option for the Robot Builders Club. So if you want to find that uh, out about that, then hit me up on email, or what you could do is go and do the free training that I offer up for anyone that's interested in the Robot Builders Club or wants to grab one of my free trading robots over there on tradingnut.com, and you'll see a link which explains about the new stuff in the payment plan uh, underneath the videos. So folks, uh, enough from me. Let's get on with this show with Sammy Abusad. It's a doozy. Hey folks, my sponsors, City Traders Imperium, have just launched some amazing changes to their funded trader program you got to check out. You can now skip the whole evaluation, trade gold as well as Forex, plus they've increased the drawdown you're allowed in both the evaluation and when funded. With CTI, it's even faster and easier to reach up to $4 million in funding with a 50 to 70% profit share. Click the link in the description to find out what else has changed. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Sammy Abusad here on the show, all the way here from T3 Live. Uh, Sammy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Well, look, it's great to have you on board. So Sammy is the head uh, or director of education there over at T3 Live. I've had Scott Ridley, your colleague, on the show before. Um, it was awesome interview. The guy's on CNBC all the time. Uh, and Sammy is a professional stock trader from the, over there, and we've got him on board here to... Teach us all about how we got started uh, in the game of trading stocks, and also we're going to 
do a little video after this this as well where he's going to walk through some stuff on the chart so um sammy to start off with how did you get started in trading stocks okay it's a long story but i'll try to keep it short um it started when i was still in college i wanted to study something that was uh, math related but was practical so i ended up studying accounting and um and while still going to school, I started working part-time. And in six months, I saved $20,000. And I didn't know what to do with it. I wasn't a spender at the time. Um, so I read about Warren Buffett, who was the second richest man in the world at the time. And he, I read that he made all his money from the stock market. So that fascinated me. Then I read about a 21-year-old kid from New York who made $1 million the year before trading. And I thought, if he can do it, I'll blow him out of the water. So I got really scared. I know I was really competitive. And so I started, the, I, I had $20,000. I used $16,000 of the 20 to open an account with. And uh, within six months, I made $10,000. And six months later, and the account was almost at $50,000 from 16 to, to 50, almost 50 in under a year. And so uh, I shared my results with my brother, who's a PhD and the, the, the brainiac in the family. And he started doing his research. And he told me, man, if you can make that kind of money by, through a, by buying and holding, imagine how much more you could make if you traded. You know, he looked at my stocks, the, the stocks that I traded. They, they moved 1% today, maybe on average. And then he found the top gainers and top loser, losers. And he said, if you can make that kind of money trading stocks that don't move much, imagine how much more you could make trading the top gainers. So I got into day trading. And within a few months, I lost everything I made and $15,000 more. So that's when I realized that I really didn't know what I was doing. It was just a bullish market. And that was in 2005, 16 years ago bullish market and i just was playing long i i didn't know how to play short anyway and i got lucky so i started you know i started scouring the internet for trading resources and i came upon a website called zax.com everybody knows it's like it's similar to finance yahoo basically how do you spell it i've i've not heard of that one z-a-c-k-s okay yeah zax.com and uh and they were running a trading challenge, and the winner of that challenge got a one hundred thousand uh, dollar job offer from them. So I participated in the challenge, did poorly, but the top trader in that challenge, he had turned a hundred thousand dollars into two million, fake money. We're not talking real money, uh, simulator money. They give you the simulator, and you trade the simulator. And if you, and after a year, the the, the guy with the best record ends up getting the job offer. So unfortunately for him, uh, his dad passed away while he's in the middle of the challenge. So I just sent him a heartfelt message uh, on Zach's. You could communicate with each other on that. And I you know, sent him my condolences. To my amazement, he responded. And we got to correspond a little bit. He told me he had been trading for 15 years. And he learned it all from a small company called Pristine, Pristine Trading. So, so that's when I decided, okay, well, I better check them out. And I ended up, you know, taking their classes and then, and then 
you know, later on, they I joined their trading room, and I got better and better, and I quit my job. I was a I was a senior senior auditor at a Big Four accounting firm, KPMG, and um, I went full time. I got noticed, so one of the guys he was just a, a, a trader, a moderator there, asked me to join him. I had just finished a six month remodel project project, and I was like, I was looking for some kind of change. I was so I did it, thinking that I would do it for you know a few months, six months, something like this. And I ended up uh, finding out that uh, while trading is something that I really enjoy and I'm good at it, um, I found out that teaching is my calling because it, um, I don't know, it's just, it's my calling. And so I ended up staying on board. Um, Pristine quickly realized, you know, as the assistant moderator, I was better than the lead mod. And they brought me on board. Uh, they made me the lead, and then later on, d- director of education, and then you know, T three merged with Pristine, and you know, six years later, I'm at uh, T three still. Hey, just jumping in here with a message from my sponsor, Sage Strategies. Do you want to trade gold and crypto like the institutions? Well, now you can, and it's free for 14 days with Sage Strategies, fully automated trading strategies. Check out their live track records for 25 unique strategies, plus they'll host everything for you, which is perfect for beginners and advanced traders or investors. Simply sign up for their 14-day free trial at sagestrategies.io and experience it for yourself. Cool. And and what, what do you think was the... I mean... I'm guessing there's, you know, a lot of people must, and you would have seen it, go through pristine and uh, not quite make it for whatever reason. What do you think made you different so that you were able to actually break through the barrier and and make this thing work? Um, No special talents. No, um, you know, you don't have to be really good at math or good at this or that. There are probably two things that separate me from everybody else one is sheer determination i mean i am driven i may not look like it but i'm super driven i when i was a kid i wanted to be a professional athlete i would uh, work out eight hours a day every day just about um so really just self self-driven so i don't quit until i figure it out usually and uh, the other thing is i started young so i think that's that's a, an advantage. It's like learning a language. I learned English as a fourth language and I can, you know, speak it fluently, even though it was, I learned it as a fourth language. But when you start young, I think you get, you get a better feel for things. It's like, again, just like a language, you lose most of the accent if you start young. So those are the two things, but only those two things. Oh, cool, cool. All right. So, so I mean, how do you how do you coach people through that you see in the uh, well, you were seeing in the in the forums and that? How did you coach them through trying to overcome well, a the young the youth side of it? So you can't sort of turn back time, right? Well, you can't sort of you can't turn back time. So how does somebody who's not young? try and how do you get them over that hurdle of you know okay well you're not young you're now going to learn this new skill and you've got a whole bunch of other stuff going on in your life what what are, you, what are your recommendations there you try to focus on you, you try to focus on their strengths what what are they really good at and then and then you direct you try to direct them in a way that so that they they play to their strengths when it comes to trading i find that the younger people recognize chart patterns really quickly 
like you show it to them once or twice, next day they're good. Um, but being older, you're wiser also. You, you Maybe you won't be, you'll be less likely to blow out your account and uh, go bust and go through the up and down, which can be psychologically damaging, damaging for somebody young or might make him quit completely. So, you know, you have to kind of play to your strengths always in, in trading. And what about the guys that are, are less determined, you know, they haven't got as much drive, maybe they've made a bit of money and they're sort of like just, oh, well, I don't want to work for anyone. I want to just be able to trade and, and make some money on, you know, to, to survive. So their, their, their willingness to do it, I suppose, their, their determination is probably a lot lower. How do you deal with those guys or how, how do you sort of direct those people? Two ways. One is those are not the kind of people that I like to coach because if you don't have the determination and the drive, this is a tough game. It's not an easy game. If it was easy, everybody would do it because, you know, it's, there's so many advantages to doing it. But uh, the other thing is then I direct them towards less active trading, more passive trading. This way, you know, okay, you don't want to wake up every day early or whatever. That's fine. Maybe you focus on core trading, long-term trading, not short-term trading. For somebody who's older, less doesn't have the drive, the energy. So that's what I do. And, and thinking about back to your journey where you were at Pristine and you were sort of going through the, the, the educational process and the learning process, I mean, what, what things can you bring to the table here today to, to tell the guys, hey, look, here were some things that really helped me out along that journey? Yeah, I did a 20-minute video on this, literally. Maybe I'll give you the link for it. Um, but uh, the thing about trading is that a lot of people think that they can wing it and make money. And you can, you can get lucky once, twice, three times, four times, 10 times. You can't get lucky forever. So I always, I don't, you know, just so we're com I'm completely honest with you, I don't recommend trading to family and friends. I don't. Because a lot of people think, you know, you can, it's an easy way to make a lot of money. And it isn't. It isn't. So I tell people, don't wing it. You either really commit yourself to, to doing it the right way or not at all. Um so that's like the first thing that I, I try and figure out is, are they in it for, are they really serious about it or are they in it kind of half-heartedly? And if they're in it half-heartedly, then that's not who I like to work with. Um, so, so that's the first thing. And then the second, second thing is you have to really learn to, to read price action objectively. Um, a lot of people come to trading because they have money and and so okay if you have money by default you probably were successful in your prior endeavors and so they come to the market thinking well i'm smart i'm a doctor i'm a you know i've done really well in my in my other profession my other career so they come to the market thinking that being smart being really confident you know is going to help them it won't it'll make you It'll make them complacent. So, so you have to be objective. You have to really not make any assumptions about what's going on with this stock or that stock. A lot of people come to me, new, new traders come and say, oh, I know why this is going up. I know why that's going, uh, stock is falling. I'm like, dude, I don't know, know myself. So, and I've been doing this for half of my life. So, so you have to be, you have to learn a methodology that gives you an edge and 
and you have to remain objective. You can't be making assumptions. You can't be thinking that you're Don Juan. So you're going to, you know, you know, you're going to really be better than everybody else. Um, does that make sense? There's a lot of other, other things. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's funny you say that, like, you know, you say you've done it for half your life and you don't know why it's dropping or whatever or it's pushing up. And other people are going, oh yeah, it's because of this. And it's like, well, hang on, so you're a you're a student, you're a newbie. How do you know? How do you? How exactly. on earth could you know? And it just goes to show that the whole sort of bias side of it, like people just getting that bias and and holding on to it and not being able to release. Um, right now, we're going to dive into your sort of trading technicals, or, or not technicals, but more the stats around your trading these days. I mean, what does what does that look like? I mean, how many trades are you taking a week? I take about seven trades a day. So I'm an active trader. Um, I do swing, a day and swing trades. And I average seven day trades a, a week, uh, a day, a day that is. It's actually 6.8, but let's say seven, seven trades a day. Um, what was the other? Are, uh, are they, are they, are they uh, market orders or are you using limit orders? How do, you, uh, how do you get in? Yeah, it depends. If the play for swing trades, Every single swing trade that I do, every single one of them is a stop limit because I put my orders in the system the night before. So I do my scanning and then the night before I figure out which plays I'm going to do and I just put my orders in the system the night before. And so every single swing trade is a is a stop limit order. But for my day trades, you know, sometimes there are limits, sometimes there are market orders if I'm exiting, mostly limit orders for the entries. I mean, I mean almost always limit orders for the entries. And market orders for the exits. And what about like uh, risk risk to reward ratio? How do you how does that play out? Yeah, I like to I look for thing for trades that have at least two to one reward to risk at least, and I average two and a half two point five two point four eight to be exact uh, in terms of my sharp ratio or my reward to risk on on every trade. So that's what I look for at least two to one. If you if you bat if your hit rate is fifty percent. You know, you're right only half the time. Then you only need about one point or sharp ratio or one point one point or reward to risk to break even. So two point would be making money hand over fist, basically. Um, yeah. And what's your what is your uh, hit ratio? I mean, your win rate? Sixty percent, fifty eight something. It depends on. I, I try to do it by strategy. So certain strategies are a little bit higher than other strategies. But on average, about sixty percent. And how do you find the stocks that you're going to trade? Do you have a set number of stocks, or are you scanning a whole bunch? Um, no, I mean in the so for day trading, I do my scanning in the pre-market. I look for gaps, uh, for gapping stocks because gaps create momentum after the open, and I can read the gap. Um, I can I can tell what's happening to the traders that are in the stock if they're trapped. Uh, you know what's happening to them so i can predict for the most part how they're going to react after the open whether they're going to cover or go long or sell their position after the open and so that gives me an advantage and plus gapping stocks move a lot uh, after the open so so that's what i focus on for day trading for swing trading i do my scanning on tc2000 so i do it once a week on the weekend and then i generate a list about a let's say two to three hundred symbols that I really like. I scan the entire stock market, U.S. stock market, any stock that does over five hundred thousand shares in volume, that makes it to my list basically. And then I narrow that's about two thousand charts, and I narrow it down to about two hundred to three hundred, and I of things that are interesting, 
And th that's the list that I scan on a daily basis after the close uh, to find plays from for swing trading. So, you know, day trading pre-market and then swing trading post-market. And how long does it take you to scan three, two to 300 stocks? Oh, I mean, no more than 10 minutes, basically. I'm just going one by one there in a watch list. Okay. doesn't take more than 10 minutes. Yeah, and you're just looking for the gap. And if you see it, you know it. And you've, you've, there's no hesitation. I'm looking for a certain pattern, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, I'll yeah. show you what I'm looking for later on. Okay, cool. Um, and have you ever considered trading anything else, like uh, I mean, any other instruments? In the, and if so, how did that go? Yeah, I, do, I did uh, trade options for about a month. Uh, and I, I used, uh, I traded options because I, 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 I was learning a new strategy on how to trade earnings. Basically, I figured out a way to get into the stock, to figure out whether it's going to gap up or down on earnings and get in before the company even reports. So I wanted to limit my risk and I traded earnings uh, w using options. And I, I think I had $20,000 in the account within one month. I made $5,000, which was pretty good, I thought. And then uh, the next month, I lost the $5,000. So that was my entire experience with options. Made $5,000, lost $5,000, and then I quit. I just, I just do stocks, basically. Yeah. And cryptocurrency, I do also. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, what, what sort of crypto trading do you do? Sorry, just to give a quick summary of that. Oh, yeah. I do the same kind of patterns, but not gaps, obviously, because mm. it's a 24-hour market, so it doesn't gap. But I, I do. that's what I have over there. That's cryptocurrency. Um so I, I, I focus on Ether, coin, I mean, um, Bitcoin, Litecoin, the major coins. But sometimes, you know, I scan the, the list, the cryptocurrencies that are available through my, through my, through Kraken exchange that I use or Coinbase. That's Coinbase over there. Um, and next to it is Kraken. Um, and, and then sometimes I, I end up trading altcoins. But most of the time I focus on Ether, Bitcoin, Litecoin, cool. know, the major Major, major coins. And and um, have you got a sort of view on Bitcoin at the moment in terms of um, where you think it'll, Bit it might go? It's sort of yeah. hovering in that range of 35K. It's a, the date is the 7th of, uh, sorry, the 8th of um, July or 7th for, for yeah. you. Look, I, I think I think Bitcoin, if it, if it breaks last week's low, I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's about 32,700. I think it's lower. If it breaks 32,700, I think it's lower. But I'm telling you from now, if Bitcoin goes higher, it's not going to be Bitcoin that will rally really hard. I'm almost sure of it. It's going to be Ether or Ether Classic, the ETC uh, coin. Um, so that's what I like long term. If Bitcoin were to, you know, if, this, if we're at a bottom and it's hard to tell, if, if Bitcoin goes up from here, I would I like Ether a lot more. Showing a lot of relative strength. Yeah, interesting. Um, okay, so what does your typical trading day look like then? Um, so I work about 12 hours a day, every day almost. So I, I, I'm on the West Coast. So I, I start my day at 5 a.m., which is 5, 8, 8 a.m. East Coast time. And then so I scan for the pre-market. Then I'm on the microphone, just like now, um, between 9 a.m. to about 11 o'clock or so, so for a couple of hours. Then I take a break. I have an assistant that comes on for a little while, then lunch break, then I come back on. And then I finish the day at, obviously, at 4 o'clock, and then I do my scanning for the swing trades. 
so the scanning and then I, I have to I have a newsletter that I publish so I update that um, the night before and then I put my orders in the system so that takes a while so I pretty much start at eight and I finish around eight um, so about 12 hours every day it was busy 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 <laughs> and um, uh, I mean so just out of interest do you trade the cryptos over the weekend I do but this is the one thing I don't like about cryptocurrency is that it's a 24-hour market it doesn't sleep and so nor do I when it's really moving and I'm, I have a large position. Um, so that's what I don't like about it. That's why I never even tried Forex because I didn't want to be uh, tied to a market that trades 24, 24 hours a day. Okay. Um, now, if you're, if you're a retail trader working a day job, what steps would you say, hey, look, go through and go do these things to, to start growing an account? Well, like I said earlier, you kind of, you know, if you're if you're really serious about it and you're thinking about doing this day in and day out, you're not just if you're just if you just want to gamble once or twice, don't learn anything. Just, you know, bet however much you want to bet, you know, try it once, twice. That's it. But if you're thinking about doing this on a consistent basis, then you obviously need to learn an, an objective way to analyze charts and and then take advantage of repeating patterns. So learn a methodology that that resonates with you, that makes sense to you, that you agree with, that you really love, that you enjoy. Because a lot of people, there's a million ways to skin a cat. But a lot of people, so there isn't the right way or the wrong way. There's the way that works for you. I love the story of uh, Jack Schwager, who wrote the Market Wizards book series. Jack Schwager, I don't know if you know his story or not, he was a struggling trader. He made, he never got his account to above $100,000. He could never get it to above 100, even though he had a lot, lot of resources, had staff at some point. So he set out to interview the world's best traders, thinking that they all traded alike. Uh, they, they must trade the same strategies. And he found out, after interviewing the world's best traders, he found out that not two traded alike. They all traded differently. They, a lot of them traded different instruments, different times of the day, uh, different time frames, but they all traded in a way that suits their own natural personality. And who, so he said, if you take nothing out of this book, and it's a 400-page you know, book or something mm -hmm. like that, and get this, then it was well worth your time. You have to trade in a way that suits your own natural personality. You can't be, you know, for example, if you're not by nature, you're just not patient. You get stuck in a traffic jam and you start pounding the wheel or whatever. Then obviously you can't be taking trades or learning a methodology that requires a lot of patience. And so you have to kind of trade in a way that suits you. And the best way to find out is by experimenting with small money in the beginning. Very, very small, like risking $5 per trade, something that will not hurt you. Uh, so that's what I recommend, learning a way that that uh, that you is objective as much as possible and that has an edge and that that really makes sense to you that you really understand and agree with mm. awesome yeah cool and um and, and just diving into the more technical side of things but what I was thinking about a stock chart what three things would you say hey go away and study these um to get somebody just started on like being able to read a stock chart a lot better than they currently do yeah um, I think, so one thing that really helped me in the beginning was 
I just, I don't know how I thought of it, but I just wanted to find out how, like, how trends started. Like, what got the stock? I, I looked at certain stocks, Apple, um, whatever, RIM at the time, Research in Motion, which is now BlackBerry. And they looked like a, a rocket ship. And I, I, I went back and I said, what got this started? Like, what was the pattern that really ignited this move? So one of the very first things that I recommend to somebody who's new is go back and look at the charts that you you think made a huge move and, and just go back to the beginning and see how it started. What got it ignited, so to speak? Okay, so find out what ends old trends and what begins new trends. That's one thing. Another thing would be uh, when it comes to charts, um, find the repeating patterns. Now, charts, what are they? They're representation of what people, it's a plotting of what people do. And individual psychology is hard to predict, but group psychology is easy to predict. And so charts basically tell us what people are doing. So, and human psychology doesn't change. So patterns repeat. They just repeat. They look, they may look a little different. They may have, form on different time frames. So find those out. Find out what the repeating patterns that, that happen all the time. Then you can take advantage of them. If you find out what they are, how they, you know, how they set up, where you how you, to enter to execute those trades, then you can take advantage. But so so those are a couple of things that I would uh, I would recommend somebody who's just starting out. Cool. I like that. Um, now Thinking about a trader's mindset, I mean, do you have any special techniques you can share with us? Uh, special techniques, uh, lots. But um, <laughs> uh, so, okay, there's a couple of things like really simple without going over the charts that I can just tell you right now. Um, first, when it comes, one of the most important things that new traders almost know nothing about is share sizing. It's not a sexy topic, so people don't really talk about it. Uh, but I learned this from Van Tharp, uh, who wrote uh, the, a couple of books, but the most famous book, I would say, was Trade Your Way to Financial Freedom. Really boring book, but it, it, that's what I learned is about how to share size correctly. A lot of people basically buy you know, 500 shares of whatever stock they, they want to trade, 500 shares of Bank of America, 500 shares of Apple. 500 shares of Tesla, not knowing that when they're doing this, they might be risking a lot of money when they're buying 500 shares of, of, of let's say, Apple versus 500 shares of Sirius Satellite, which is a $5 stock or something like this. So you have to share size correctly. And in order to share size correctly, you have to know two things. One is how much you're, you want to risk per trade. What, what's your R unit, your risk unit? For example, I like to risk $500 per trade on every trade, a day trade, um, 1000 or 2000 depending on the setup uh, for my swing trades. So how do you share how many shares do you buy uh, if you are if you're only wanting to risk $100? So there's a formula for it. And it's share size equals uh, risk amount, so figure out what you what you want to risk, $100, $50, $200 divided by the entry price minus the stop price. So again, it's the risk amount divided by 
the entry, the difference between the, the entry and the stock price. Now that gives you the share size. Now, instead of having to, to take out a calculator and calculate it every time, no, you just kind of create a little table like this. I don't know if you can see it, but whatever. It's a little table that tells, and I tape it to my monitor, that tells me how much, how many shares to buy if, based on the size of the stop. Meaning if I were to buy a stock at $10 and my stop is at nine, then that's a $1 stop. So 500 divided by one, that's 500 shares. And so that, so it's a table that I look at and I eyeball it, you know, to, to see what, uh, how many shares to buy. So that's a quick and easy way to fix one of the most important things, which is risk, you know, risk control and share sizing correctly. And again, it's not a sex, sexy topic. So a lot of new traders just completely ignore it. Um, another thing is management. How do you, when do you get out of a trade? How do you know when to get out of a trade? Uh, most people, I would say, new traders, they're completely focused on getting into the trade. They want to get in at the bottom. And it makes sense because getting in at the bottom makes you feel good about yourself, makes you feel like you're smarter than everybody else. So it makes sense. They're focused on the entries. But what really puts money in your account is the correct exit. This is why most professional traders read market wizards. Don't believe me. Read market most professional traders, they don't, their batting average, their hit rate is no higher than 60%, no higher than 50% a lot of time. And yet they make a lot of money because when, they, when they're right, they make a lot more than when they're wrong. So learn how to manage. How, and the easy, one of the easiest way to manage is to go bar by bar. So that means, you know, you get into the trade. So what I do is I get into the trade. It goes two bars in my favor. Then I start raising my stop, trailing it, raising my stop to under the last bar's low, under the last bar's low. And I almost guarantee you, if you do that, you'll make more money than the way you're currently, than most people manage because they don't know how to manage. They're just exiting randomly. So just go bar by bar in the beginning until you learn about pivots, moving averages, and how to really raise your stop slowly. Um, but that's another, you know, kind of a quick and easy way, a tip to, you know, to share with the, with your viewers. And, and do you find that um, sometimes you end up like getting less than one R because of that? Oh, or, yeah. Yeah? For sure. But is it the case that in the long run, you're still actually making money because you're getting out of the trade that probably wasn't going to work out in the first place? Exactly. In fact, a quick and easy way to eliminate the losers is always place your stop soon as you get in it, place the stop under the entry bar's low. Because if the entry bar gets negated, guess what? It's probably no good. So that's a quick and easy way to eliminate a lot of the losers, a lot of the bad trades, basically. Mm. Essentially, because that was something I struggled with for years in the early days was like, but surely you've got to wait for the short. Don't you have to? Don't It was like a rule that somebody had set in my mind or I'd set in my own mind. You had to get at least double your risk before you exit a trade right. otherwise you just you're not trading properly so yeah it's interesting you say that I'm, I'm quite quite happy to hear that funnily enough yeah absolutely you can't be attached to the result you know that this trade have to make me this amount of money you can't you just you cannot be married to stocks um, cool now um before we get into the quick fire round if there was one thing you recommend a retail trader spend the next month mastering what would it be um I think for somebody who's new, one of the key things, so we talked about a couple of things, but one of the key things is to 
to not trade aimlessly. Like every day you're just trading and trading, and then the, you, you know, and then at the end of the day you shut down and you go about your evening, and then you come back and so trade in batches, trade in a sample of 10, 20, 30 trades, and then review the result, make some adjustments, and then and then put on another set of 10, 20 trades, make some adjustments. So it's so much better if you trade. I wish I I knew about this which is trading in batches so that you're reviewing a sample of trades and you're making adjustments and then you put on another sample. So that's something that I wish I knew when I first started out. Okay, and just to clarify that, so that's not like, so that batch could be over the course of say a week, for example, and exactly. then, or maybe even a week and a half and you've done your 30 and then you go and review that. Ah, oh, okay, right, that's interesting. I've not heard that yet. That's, yeah, that's a- no. The more, I'm sorry, the more active you are, the larger the sample size has to be. Yeah. The more, you know, the, 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 the more passive you are, the smaller the sample size, basically. Awesome. Great, great little tip there, guys. Um, right, quick fire round. How long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Uh, so about two years until I, I live in the Bay Area. It's one of the most expensive places in the country. Uh, until I didn't really need to make any additional money from any other source. Two years, I would say, about two years. Uh, what's your favorite entry setup? Um, I would say the one, two, three setup, you know, igniting bar, narrow range, resting bar, and then a continuation bar. You know, so it's called the one, two, three setup. Hmm. One, two, three play. Uh, what about strategies to exit or manage trades? Um, Favorite is the simplest, bar by bar. Uh, do you have a recommended trading book or resource? Um, yeah, lots of them. But um, uh, so a lot of books books will teach you, you'll give you some kind of insight, but they won't really teach you uh, the practical stuff. So just keep that in mind that you're not going to learn how to trade from a book. But uh, my favorite book on trading, there's two of them. One is Reminiscences of a Stock Operator because there's a lot of insight. And then the other one is Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas. Those are the two. Do you have a quote from that uh, remnants of a stock operator uh, you could read? Yeah. yeah, I learned something really important from that book. And I, now I use it in my trading, in my everyday trading, which is, um, uh, he talks about hope and fear, pages 114 through 115. And he says that the, when the market goes your way, you become fearful. Then the next day will take away your profit and you get out too soon. Fear keeps you from making as much money as you ought to. Um, the successful trader has to reverse what you might call his natural impulses. Instead of hoping, he must fear. Instead of fearing, he must hope. And he must, he must fear that his loss may develop into a much bigger loss and hope that his profit may become a big profit. Notice I'm not reading this. I know it by heart almost. Basically, what he's saying is, when the trade starts to go in our way, we, our fear kicks in, fear of giving back the profit. And so what do we end up doing? We end up getting out. We end up focusing, paying an inordinate amount of attention to the red bars, which, take, which triggers our fears and gets us out of the trade. And when the trade goes against us, we end up hoping. We start hoping that, oh, please bring, you know, let's hope it goes back up. And we stay longer than we should had we not listened to hope. So he's saying we should reverse those two natural impulses. Instead of fearing, we must hope. Instead of hoping, we must fear. So just so that to summarize, the thing to do is to, when the stock is going in your favor, make sure you 
don't let fear of getting, giving back profit get you out of the trade too soon. When the stock goes against you, you get in and it goes against you. A lot of people, hope kicks in, hopium. Not good. So make sure you don't have any hope. Just get out of it. Be very, you know, like stone cold with it. Um, so that's kind of, and that's why they say that traders eat like birds. When they make money, they make small money because fear gets them out of the trade. And then when they lose, they lose big money. Traders eat like birds and crap like elephants. Right. I'm so glad I asked that question because that is gold, absolute gold. And it saved everyone who hasn't read that book a whole lot of time because they've got probably one of the best nuggets I've heard in ages. Um, I'm going to, in fact, write that down and put it somewhere on my screen somewhere. Um, now, what about the worst? Oh, sorry. What about your preferred broker and trading platform? Um, I've tried a whole bunch. Um, so I, I like E-Trade a lot because they don't hang your order. Uh, like a lot of other brokers, when I try to exit, it, I get the execution as opposed to other brokers where my order just sits there for a few seconds and then they release it. So my main broker is E-Trade, but I also use TradeStation for a lot of my swing trades. So E-Trade and TradeStation. Hey folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100k. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. Cool. Um, and do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, maybe, uh, are we going to, if I... Share the screen. I can show you actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, if you if you want to, yeah, share the screen now if you can and show okay. us. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, real quick. Okay. I know we gotta. So for the so guys my... listening on the podcast, you're probably gonna have to jump onto the onto the YouTube channel to watch this. Oh, okay. Well, that's all right. And I'll talk. I'll talk through it. There were four of them basically. Uh, let's see. Hold on. So here's my worst two trades. I have four really bad trades, $20,000 losses, each of them. And uh, two of them happened this year, of course, embarrassing, but I'm a, you know, I'm a real trader. It's, it is what it is. T-I-R-X and F-I-N-V. You notice they're 18,000 and 19,000. And so those, those two, and then I had, I have a couple more um, really bad trades from in the past. So these two, I'll show you the chart for those. Uh, basically, the TIRX collapsed. So this is T. Uh, uh, no, I can't show you the charts here. Let me just see real quick. And for the guys listening, so you, you can actually see uh, the, the these amounts on the screen here. Um, yeah. So, and you've so obviously T- sorted it by your, your best to worst trades, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. Be- yeah and, and, you know, best trades, I got much better, obviously. You know, I got... 100k almost on out of zom zom sandal 91 this is for the year year to date yeah so so you know so i have i have a lot of good trades but okay so the worst four trades are tirx which was got halted i had 1500 shares in it and this day i know it does this is the daily chart it dropped from like 100 bucks 97 bucks 12 dollars and uh, got halted, and I, I was actually up $9,000 on it. Got halted, I had 1,500 shares, not a lot, but it collapsed on me. 
And then the other bad trade that I showed you was the FINV, which was on this day. I tried to short it and the stock was on an uptick, meaning, oh no, was it on an uptick? I'm not really sure, but basically I tried to short it and it kept going up. But the reason why I usually just get out, you know, I try to short the stock, it doesn't work. Okay, get out. That's what I do. But in this case, I was afraid to miss the top. So I, I shorted it. And then when it went against me, I didn't exit. What I did was I just went long. So I, a lot of brokers don't allow you to have a box position like this. E-Trade does. So I went short and long the same stock. And every time I thought it topped out, I would exit my long position and keep the short on. And it kept going up. And so I would put on a new long position. And every time I thought it topped out, I'd exit the long and then keep the short position on. And it just, the loss kept getting bigger and bigger. And I ended up losing 20,000, 18, I think, $1,000 on this one. So 18 on this, TIRX, I think 19 and some change. And then, and then a couple of other stocks that I lost about $20,000 on was, one was HOT, H-O-T, which got acquired by Marriott. Um, I was uh, in it uh, swing short 1,700 shares, about $80,000 in it short. Uh, not because I wanted to. I, it was in my day trading account, but because the platform uh, crashed. And I was complaining to the broker the days before that, that right before the close, the platform just would go down. I, I mean, the route. So I was, I was with uh, Legend Securities at the time in the name of the broker. And of course, I was in hot short. The platform that I couldn't exit, and then the next day it got bought by Marriott, so I lost twenty thousand dollars on it. And then another stock that I lost twenty thousand dollars on uh, was um, I don't remember the exact position, but oh, it was Triquint, um, T TQNT, but it, it also got bought, so it's not it's no longer a stock. I was in it. I, I didn't lose twenty. I, I think I lost fifteen total on that, and I was. I was in the stock short, 10,000 shares. And when I covered it, I bought 100,000. And um, I, in your platform, you can set up a setting where you, like a soft setting for maximum shares allowed. And I didn't have that set up. So it actually executed the 100,000 shares. And so now I'm long 90,000 and then the stock started to drop. So I, you know, I, I kept you know, exiting every, every penny I exited, every penny it dropped, I exited 10,000 shares. When all said and done, I ended up losing uh, $15,000 on it. So those are, those were the, the worst uh, four trades uh, I've ever had. Um, Sorry to take you there and then re relive Oh, them. no, no problem. No um, problem. Now, do you want to leave our listeners with one piece of advice? If I were to leave you with one piece of advice, it would be uh, some of the things that we talked about, like, you know, don't wing it, do it, you either do it seriously or, or not at all. Um, study your own psychology, understand hope and fear. We talked about hope and fear. Um, just know that your attachment to a certain result, attachment to money usually, and to being right and winning that's your number one cause of failure is being attached to a certain result, uh, being concerned about uh, not being concerned, but be, yeah, being concerned about being wrong. And so you don't want to be attached to, you don't want to be protecting your ego as a trader. You want to be really vulnerable and just act as though you're, you're an employee acting on behalf of somebody else. It's not, it's not even your own account. Um, um, let's see. 
there's a lot of different things. I talked about trading in batches. Uh, I think it's really important to trade in a group setting, not by yourself, because a group setting, there's a lot of eyes looking for the same thing. Um, you know, by yourself, you can go crazy. I mean, you start, you can start imagining things. Um, and then, as I said, trade in line with your own natural personality and don't paper trade. If you're going to paper trade at all, don't paper trade for too long uh, because then you don't engage your emotions, basically, if you paper trade for too long. So those are some of the things that I, that I recommend. Cool. We have a whole video on, literally a 20-minute video on just those things, uh, the top things that I wish somebody would have taught me when I was starting out is the title of the video, something like that. Cool, cool, awesome. Well, look, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you? Uh, I think the best way is to um, go to t3live.com, or that's our website, or send an email, info at t3live.com. Info at t- and then they can forward it to me, but that's the either t3live.com or info at, t3, at t3live.com. Awesome. Well, look, a big thank you for Sammy for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all the links, are in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Sammy, S-A-M-I, in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, so there we go. Interview done and dusted with Sammy. Now, do remember, go and check out that video where we where Sammy walks you through a simple trading strategy. And I've got to say, this is one of the probably the most simple strategies I've heard of ever and uh, he does very well with it as well. So guys, go and check that out because he gives examples on charts and all sorts of things. So it's really, really good. Check that out on the YouTube channel. Also remember, payment plan is a new way to come on board if you want to uh, segment your payments up for the Robot Builders Club. Uh, I'm going to end the Robot Builder Club new memberships soon. So if you do want to come on board now is the chance to do that. Don't hold off. Don't hesitate. This is the chance. Um, The club will be carrying on, but just new members, the doors will be closing soon. All right, folks. Uh, Thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you in the next video.